So we'll read something from Rumi, Hidden Music. Very simple. Someone is hidden inside. <laughs> Here, someone is hidden inside who has taken hold of me and does not let me go. Here, someone is hidden, softer than the soul, who led me to the garden of spirit and made me homeless. Here, someone is hidden, a radiant face as delicate and fleeting and as inferior a moment before sleep. Here someone is hidden like sweetness and sugar cane, an invisible magician who has captured my soul. Hidden somewhere inside, my beloved and I have dissolved in each other. No beauty in the word can ever tempt me, for I see only the face of my beloved. Tired and in pain, I search the world for help until I found in love the cure for pain. Here someone hidden whispered, Pass beyond your tears, and you will see the broken-hearted lovers are the Lord in heaven. Here someone hidden appeared holding love's wine, and to him I've given all my vows. Nice one. Mm -hmm. Now the one thing about this path that I want to share a little bit today <clears throat> is about the word patience. <laughs> oh, a good one, huh? <laughs> it was very present in the meditation, and the energy just kept coming wave after wave of this termination and this tension and apprehension and, and all of this. And in between each one of those was the energy of patience. And patience, in that moment that it came in between all these other uh, statements, was very calm and quiet, and it seemed like it could go on forever. But then another wave of something else came in to block out the patience. And that's kind of how we live our lives. We are ever looking for patience, trying to move into patience, and yet at the same time, both the world is ever throwing things at us, and we ourselves are creating things within ourselves that are ever rising up and causing us to be distracted and disturbed and not to really move in the direction that we intend to go with our lives. So I wanted to share a little bit about this pathway and patience. Because just like in life, it's for us to ever be looking and finding that action of patience within ourselves in our daily life with individuals and with situations, so it is in our spiritual life. And oftentimes we do not apply patience to our time of meditation. So the one thing I have found for myself is that when I began this pathway a long time ago, entering into prayer and then discovering about meditation, the one thing I found back then was I wanted instant results. I wanted it now, now, now. I wanted God to do this now. I wanted something to happen now. I wanted to have the awareness now. And I found the harder I tried to make it happen now, the more I demanded and wanted and needed it now, the more it seemed to be pushed away, the harder to find. 
the harder to get to. And it wasn't until I learned how to begin to apply patience into my action of meditation that I began to truly move into a very different place. And really all those things that I was demanding and needing and wanting and expecting to happen from God, from myself, from the world, or whatever it was, I found that in applying patience to the moment in my meditation, in my prayer time, that I found that all those things that I didn't think were present and wanted were really present right now, right in this moment. But I was keeping myself from being in the moment where it all resides by ever pushing against, by demanding, by needing, by wanting, by thinking it wasn't present. But it wasn't until I began to use patience, that place in my own being of relaxing, of letting go, as Brian has often said, let God and let go, where we've often heard the phrase, let go and let God. It's finding that place inside of us where we truly can let go and be in patience that we begin to enter into the true mystical experience of our meditation or our prayer or our daily life. And for me, it's a mystical experience, whether it's eyes open and in daily life, all the events just unfolding in front of me in this moment of now, or whether it's in my meditation. And for me, patience is being present, being present in the moment, being present and just being the observer, being the one who is in awareness of what is right now in my experience and not putting demands on having my experience unfold the way I want it, but rather moving into the experience it is and then see where that leads me, see where that takes me. I remember when I first started out on this pathway of meditation and having my first spiritual teacher giving me some understanding and guidance I wanted it all right now. I wanted to be this, the aware one, the spiritual one, knowing of God, seeing God, doing God's work, whatever it might be. I was just ever expecting it to happen right now. And what I have found over the years is it isn't in my time, it is in God's time. And in this action of meditation and awakening to the truth of who we are as soul, waking up to God's loving and waking up into that divine flow and living in that flow more every day, it takes time in this creation to get to all of that. In spirit, it is now. It is present. The soul lives in loving. The soul lives in the heart of God. The soul dwells there now. But we, as an aspect of the soul, that divine spark that dwells here, in the physical form, for experience in the physical world, it feels separation because it is caught up in the mind. It is caught up in the physical elements of this creation and has lost a lot of awareness of itself and its true nature. And it feels a separation. And for me, it was that feeling of separation that I realized caused me to go into reaction, caused me to go into demanding, 
and wanting and needing it right now. But I've learned something, and I'm learning it all the time. It's just amazing. I wish my meditations were always perfect, always just ever opening and unfolding into the mystery of God, into the movement of loving. But like all of us, I'm sure, we find that there are days in our meditation where it does really flow. We sit down, we close our eyes, and it just is, and it's wonderful. And truly, we do live that spiritual moment, that mystical awakening. And then there are other days we can sit down and go into meditation, and no matter what we do, how much we chant, how much we let go, how much we give up, how much we do loving, how much we do accepting, how much we do forgiving. It just seems like we're ever getting further and further away from our goal of meditation in that moment. Because the mind or the emotions or the body of the world are drawing us out away from the truth and into the physical nature. So I have found that when I do move into that place of separation, of aloneness, of distraction, of looking away rather than towards the source of creation, all I have to do is stop. I just stop. I stop chanting. I stop praying. I stop looking. I stop wanting. I just stop. And I just become still. And then in that stillness, I look for that place inside of me where I can begin to hold to a centeredness of loving. And the way I do that is I, once I become still, quiet, I just start saying, I love you, Lord, I love you. And this time now is for you. This time is spent in the loving of you and being present with you in honoring my relationship with you and you with me. And then just bringing myself back to that. Every time I get distracted, I bring myself back to loving. And that's where I've learned patience. Because it does mean being patient with yourself. It does mean being patient with your mind, your emotions, your body, and with the world. And in doing so, it allows me to move once again into that divine river of loving. One other area where I've learned to apply patience in my meditation, in my spiritual journey, is in my expectations of wanting it all now. I want the mystical experience. I want God in my life. I want answers and solutions. And I also when I was starting out, I wanted to be soul aware. I wanted to wake up and know the divine. I wanted to let go of all my cares and my concerns and my fears and live in that divine moment all the time. But I wasn't. And the more I was aware that I wasn't, the more I pushed, the more angry I got, the more wanting of it I I was in. And I wanted to wake up. I was meeting people who talked about their spiritual journeys, out of body, this and that. 
And I wanted that too. I wanted to have it more than I've ever had it in the past. And yet the more I wanted it, the more I pushed at it, the more I demanded it of myself and of God, the more it seemed to separate me. And another part of the journey was being around people that had been initiated on this path of sound and light. And those that were sharing about their inner experience. Those that were talking about where they were in the journey. Whether they had received inner initiation and risen above the astral or the causal moving through the imagination or the emotion or the mind and liberating themselves to a great extent of those realms. And I would sit there in meditation going, how do I know this? How do I become aware of this? And wanting it more and more to be for me that way. Having those understandings, having those awarenesses, having those interactions spiritually. And one thing I've learned is it does take doing the action of meditation daily and being patient in that action and just allow yourself to wake up slowly. I can remember when I was in junior high school and it was that time in my life now where I had to go in and sit down with the counselor and begin planning what I was going to do for high school. What were my classes going to be? What was the direction I was taking? And what did I want to be when I got out of high school? What did I want to go study in college? What was the profession I wanted to begin to move toward? And I remember sitting at home talking with my dad about this. And I was really upset. I was upset because... They were expecting me to come in and know, know what I wanted to be, know what I wanted to study in college. And I felt all these expectations put on me that I had to know all of this about myself. And I didn't know. I had no idea. And I thought, gosh, everybody else must, but I don't. And I was feeling really down here at the bottom of the totem pole, not at the top, wondering, How come all these other people must know, all these other students, all my other friends must know what they're going to do in college, what they're going to become professionally, their direction of life, and I don't? What did I miss out? Where did I miss? And I sat down and I talked to my dad about it. And he says, well, have you ever asked any of your friends? Has anybody ever talked about it at school? Do you really know that they know? Or are they in the same situation that you're in? And I said, well, I don't know. I just assumed, and he said, that's what you've done wrong. You assumed. Go ask them. Go find out. Go find out the truth. They may be in the same place you are right now, not knowing, not understanding, not having clarity for themselves, and concerned about what they're going to tell the counselor and what they're going to plan out, what they're going to design for their courses in high school to move towards college. Just go ask them. And then come back and let's talk about this next week when you've done it. So I went to school 
And it took me a little while to work up my courage because I didn't want to look like the fool with my friends. But we were sitting around at lunch one day, and one of the people had just come back that morning from having talked to the counselor. And so I thought, well, this is the time to introduce my, my stuff. And so I asked him, I said, so what was it like? I mean, you went in and you sat down and you knew what you wanted to do and, and you designed your courses. Is that what they're doing? And he said, I didn't know what I want to do. They told me what I want to do. <laughs> and a, lady, a girl that was there at the table too, she said, that was what I experienced. I'm so upset because they decided what I was going to be when I grew up. They didn't even hear what I wanted to do. They didn't ask me. They just said, well, here's the courses that we think would be best for you based on your grades over the last few years. And so these are the courses we're offering you, and these are the courses that we're going to uh, recommend uh, that you take in high school. And all of a sudden I realized we were all in the same boat. We really didn't know for sure what we wanted to be. We really didn't know the courses that we wanted to take. We hadn't, for most of us, hadn't really considered it. It wasn't that big a concern or a consideration. There was only one person at the table who knew what they were going to be when they grew up. And that was that they were going to go in the army and do just like their dad and their granddad had done and serve in the military. And he was determined. He knew that was what he was going to do. So out of all of us that was at the table, and there was probably a good oh, 10 or 12 of us, only one of us knew. And the rest of us were at the whim of the moment. So in that, I learned something. Not to assume something about other people. Just because they look more confident, they act more confident, they act more knowing. And so I remember one day I was sitting in my meditation and this memory came up for me about my dad and I talking about this. And I could hear him very clearly. He said, that's where you've gone wrong. You're assuming. Don't assume anything. So that next week when I was at a class for a spiritual awakening and meditation, I, we would have a sharing at the end of the class. And we could ask questions, we could share some things, whatever it might be. So I raised my hand and I didn't have a question for the person conducting the class. I wanted to ask everybody a question and see if they would answer it. And the one question was, so are these experiences that I have heard you share here in the class something that is real for you or is it something that you have created in your imagination and made it real for you? Is it true or is it, is it something that you're wanting and hoping or imagining? And the person conducting it wasn't really a spiritual teacher, but the per person conducting the class said, wow, that's an answer. I mean, that's a question I don't even want to answer. And everybody kind of looked and said, well, no, you answer it first then to, to me. And I said, well, I, I have to say I'm new in the class, and so I'm really learning. I'm really growing, but I'm finding myself comparing myself to you. 
to each of you here. I've heard you all share all these experiences, all these things, all this action that takes place in your life through what you have unfolding in your meditation and in your prayers. I want to know, is it true or what's happening so that I can answer something inside myself? And this woman raised her hand and says, I'll, I'll share. And she said, most of the experiences I share here are my true experiences of my meditation. But do you know how many years it took me to get to having those experiences? I haven't been in this class for just a year or for two years. I have been in many classes over the last 16 years. I have approached prayer and I have approached meditation in so many different ways, trying to find a practice that would work for me, that would give me insight, that would give me awareness, that would give me experience. And I've tried so many different things over the years. And some worked a little bit, some never worked, until I found this one, and it works. It worked for me, and that's why I'm staying. That's why I'm here. And I'm having true experience now. But for the first 13 or 14 years of my search, I had little inklings, little tidbits of awareness and growth and movement that I could really claim as mine. And everything else was a hope and an imagination. And I learned something in the next statement that she made. And she said, you know, my biggest mistake was assuming that everybody else around me was in a higher spiritual place than me. And the moment I stopped assuming and just started doing my own spiritual journey and practice is the moment I began to truly have inner experience. But you know, it took me 13 years and four different other groups having to do with meditation and the inner journey to finally get it. And I said, well, who told you that? Who told you that? And she said, nobody told it to me. I figured it out. I wish somebody had told it to me. Then I would have gotten it earlier. But I got it when I got it. And it was all perfect in its timing. So then other people began to share. And it was a lot of a similar statement from people. And then one person who seemed to be really spiritual, really awake, really aware, shared, you know, I'm going to confess something to you all. A lot of what I share is what I want to have happen in my meditations. It's my wanting. And I have been in the belief that if I create it, it'll become. So I'm trying to create what I want. And I'm speaking it, I'm sharing it as though it's already happened, but unfortunately, it's not happening that way. It's not working for me. And a lot of the things I've shared, I've read in other books. I've listened to other people's lectures. And I've wanted those things for myself. And therefore, 
I'm speaking it as though it's mine because I've heard that that is a way to get what you want. And the person conducting the class said, well, is it working? We've all assumed that what you were talking about was real experience right now. And he said, no, it's not working. And he says, and I'm going to share with you one other thing. I have found that I have assumed myself into something just as this lady had shared, but I have assumed myself into a position now that I have to maintain this image in order for you to see me in a certain light. And I've been afraid to tell you the truth of my experience. So now you know, now what do you think of me? And the person conducting the class said, don't ask that question. It doesn't matter what they think of you. What do you think of yourself right now? And he said, boy, am I glad I said this. I'm free. I'm free of an illusion I was creating and I didn't even realize I was creating. I'm free now to really go and have the experience that's there for me and not try to be something for everybody else. And after that, he began to share very profound personal growth, not about inner experience, but just inner awareness of himself, of his true nature, and how he was moving in that to a divine knowing of himself. It was quite amazing to witness. And listening to both these people talk and share freed me up. It freed me up to stop trying to make something happen, try to be something that I'm not at that moment. I was 19 years old at that time. And it was a moment of liberation and freedom. And in that moment, I began to realize that I just needed to be patient with myself and I needed to be patient with God and I needed to be patient with the process and not push against it. You know, I've often talked about how that 10th door, that spiritual door opens and it opens inward. And it's really our loving that opens a door, and it's God's loving for us that opens a door. And the key is, is to be in the loving, and not the demanding and the needing and the trying to get it to open. And oftentimes, when we are trying to get it to open, when we're trying to have inner experience, what are we really doing? But we're holding the door shut. We're thinking that we're going to push the door open. But we're holding the door shut and not allowing ourselves to go into the experience. And it's only in patience. It's sitting there and loving. It's being present in the moment, in our prayer, in our meditation, in our daily life, and not pushing against anything, but just being present in the loving that allows the door to open in its own natural time, in its own way and for us to begin to truly have that movement with spirit and spirit with us. And 
That's what I discovered at that time, was I was holding the door shut. I was not allowing it to open because I was demanding, and that demanding pushes, and that push holds the door shut. But the moment I relaxed, I saw that door open a crack, and I went, oh, okay. As soon as I saw that little ribbon of light come through that door crack, as it opened, I knew something was happening different. So the next day, I went back and I looked for that light. I was looking for that, that, that door crack of light coming through as the door began to open. But what happened? I went back wanting, needing, looking for that light, expecting that light. And what did I do? I pushed the door shut. Well, I did that for a week. Well, today I'll get it. Today I'll make it happen. Today it'll happen again. Until finally I realized I've got to go back to that original moment where it happened. What was I doing there that I'm not doing now? Oh, I was being patient. I was being in the moment. I was just allowing whatever was to be. And for me to wake up into the beingness of that moment and to move forward into what was next. And I swear it was just amazing because as I was sitting there, just in my meditation, being aware of those thoughts, there was a crack of light once again right in front of me. It just appeared. And then I just began to hold my awareness to the light and just be in the loving with the light and let the light be in presence and loving with me. And the more I just sat in that, the more the door opened, until finally it was opened wide. And it was opened by loving. It was just opened by loving. Loving who I am just as I am right now, and loving the Lord, and knowing that the Lord loves me just as I am right now. I don't have to be perfect because I am perfect. The soul of me is perfect. It is whole, it is complete, and it is perfect in the very moment it was created and it is right now in that same state. The illusions that the mind, the emotion, and the body has created down here is not me. It is just the illusion that goes along with the experience of this creation. But I discovered in those moments of my prayer and meditation at that time that I was perfect, I the soul, and that if I just allow myself to live in that perfection in my meditation and my daily life, knowing that I am perfect and there's nothing I have to do to perfect myself or to earn my perfection, then life flows simply. Another part of patience on this pathway is in my sharing with people that are now initiated on this pathway through Brian and I in this action with the Holy Spirit. In talking with people, they assumed that the moment they got initiated and the grace of the Holy Spirit came present in their life and they were now 
chanting the name of the Lord and living in the loving, that everything was going to change. Their life was going to change. Their problems were going to change. The people that were causing them pain and agony were going to drop away or walk away or change. And it's interesting to have people that are assuming that all this is going to happen just this way, the way I'm assuming it's going to happen, go into disappointment and in separation with themselves and this practice because it isn't happening that way. Well, my health didn't get better. My wife isn't any nicer to me than she was before. My boss is still yelling at me, you won't give me a raise. The dog hates me. My car still isn't running any better than it was. So what happened? I got initiated. I thought all this was going to change. It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. The initiation, the sacred name of God, the action of loving of the Lord inside, it's about you awakening to the divine of yourself, of your soul, and knowing the perfection of who you are in spirit. It isn't about this world. It isn't about having everything in this world all of a sudden magically change. You're not going to walk out of your initiation and throw away your cigarettes and not drink any more alcohol and do this and do that and the habits are going to drop away and your patterns are going to be different. It isn't about that. It is about you now beginning to create a direct relationship with the Lord one-on-one -on -one, and truly beginning to be aware of that relationship. And it's a gradual process but it's a wondrous process and if you pay close attention you will even see something else happen over time in this world and that is that that loving and that grace and that presence truly will move into your daily life move into your outer life and begin to transform it, and begin to change it. But it's a gradual process. And the way it takes place is first we must be filled to overflowing. We must allow ourselves to sit in our meditation daily and allow God to fill us up from the inside. To allow God's loving to just pour into this chalice of our soul and just fill us with loving. Well, that sounds wonderful, and that sounds so simple. I can sit here, and I can be a chalice, and I can just empty myself and let God's loving fill me. But the moment many of us sit down in meditation and begin to go into this practice of loving and allowing God to fill us, one thing stands between us and that action taking place. And that is our sense of unworthiness.